Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 76 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 128 of Recitopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was the Great American Bash edition of NXT 2.0 going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And I have to be frank, I thought this was probably the weakest television special NXT has produced to date since the relaunch of 2.0 last September. I just felt like the show was never going to reach past a certain level. The wrestlers tried hard. We had some good matches, but nothing really entered that great category for me. I've seen better from Halloween Havoc to New Year's Evil to Spring Break in a few months ago as well. I've never seen a show like this kind of feel meh in a lot of ways. And normally I want to feel excited about a 2.0 special, but it just felt like the Great American Bash in name only. Cannot even whiff what happened a couple of years ago with Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai, then Keith Lee versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. And he ended Adam Cole's 400 plus day reign as champ, which was quite the one for Adam at the time. And of course, the talent level has changed over the last couple of years. And 2.0 has delivered good television specials dating back to last October's Halloween Havoc. We've seen good shows on Peacock as well. This show fell short of expectations in my eyes and is hoping they bounce back with a stronger show in the weeks to come leading up to their next quarterly event, which will probably be Halloween Havoc in October. Without further ado, let's take a deep dive into last night's 2.0, which went down live from the PC as we kick things off with the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match featuring Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade versus Toxic Attracts and Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan. And this match was fine. A lot of selling by Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez early on. And midway through this match, the referee was making a pin count on behalf of Roxanne Perez until Mandy Rose pulls the referee out of the ring. He catches her red-handed and he ejects her from the ringside area. And that allows Roxanne Perez to roll up Gigi for a near fall attempt. Gigi goes for another roll up of her own. And from there, Cora Jade is going to dispatch of Jesse Jane at ringside. And that leads to Roxanne Perez hitting pop rocks on Gigi Dolan to become the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. The fans pop at the title change. Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade embrace in the ring. And it's a lovely title change. Very happy for Cora Jade and Roxanne winning their first titles in NXT. But Roxanne Perez is not done yet as she wants to hit the trifecta by defeating Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship next week. She's going to cash in her contract. The match is official for next week. And Mandy Rose warns Roxanne that she might not make it to next week's championship match. Could I sense an ambush attack between now and then? We shall see. But I'm very happy that Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez ended the reign of Toxic Attraction. Just need to knock off Mandy Rose. And then all of the gold will be with the baby faces for the first time in almost a year. Next up is Trick Williams versus Wesley. And Trick Williams is sporting some pretty nifty boxing gear. I did not know that he was a boxer in a former life, but I guess you learn something new every day. As Wesley was all about the quickness and speed to knock Trick off his feet. And I love how Carmelo Hayes was cornering Trick with the water breaks, trying to powder his guy down to say, hey, you got this. And at one point, Wes knocks Trick out of the ring and we get some trickery from Trick Williams. So he's going to pour something in his hand, which is not water, and he's going to rub it in Wes's eyes. And it appears to be rubbing alcohol, and that allows Trick to hit a spin kick on Wesley 
for the win. A very tricky, dirty finish by one Trick Williams. It makes sense to get heat on the heel and make Wesley a more sympathetic babyface despite the tainted loss. And I hope that Wesley bounces back. He has a world of potential as a single star, but I do sense that WWE is teasing the return of MSK and the not-too-distant future how they get there. I do not know, but you don't mention your best friend and your brother for no reason unless WWE is going to bring back Nash Carter in the immediate future. Next up is Tiffany Stratton versus Wendy Chu. And I loved the initial introduction of Wendy Chu for a couple of weeks. And then she went the sophomoric Nickelodeon fun and games route. Tiffany Stratton has improved dramatically over the past six or so months. And despite the chicanery that went on backstage, we got Tiffany Stratton sitting backstage in the makeup chair, getting powdered and ready to go. And then Wendy appears and throws the powder directly in Tiffany's face. They get into a backstage brawl, which is very one-sided. Tiffany gets her ass kicked. She's in a wheelchair getting bounced around by Wendy Chu. Eventually they make it back in the ring to kick off the match in a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and this becomes fairly competitive as Tiffany Stratton goes after the left hand of Wendy Chu. She slams it against the ring post, breaks Nell at one point stomps on the fingers as well, delivers a beautiful power bomb for a very close near fall. Wendy Chu responds with a top rope splash with the go to sleep for good measure for another close count. From there, Wendy Chu is going to deliver that handspring elbow in the corner and drop Tiffany with a urinagi and a freaking brain buster for another close near fall. Eventually, Tiffany is going to flip out of a German suplex attempt and land a missed drop kick that sends Wendy Chu in the corner. And from there, Wendy is going to be laid out with Tiffany's patent. It. Corkscrew elbow drop from the top rope for the win. A lovely victory for Tiffany Stratton, who continues to improve more and more by the week. In a couple of years' time, I can see her on Raw SmackDown anchoring the women's division. She's got next. And I love someone that is committed to getting better every single week. The character is where it needs to be now. And Wendy Chu, I love the commitment to the character. Karen Q is incredible as a wrestler and as a performer that is able to do anything. But I would love for her to be a bit more serious. Being serious does not mean that you lose your charisma. You're able to get over by doing any damn thing. She did so by being a thousand-year-old lady with the Tian Sha gimmick. Then she turns into Wendy Chu and she makes it work as well. But the sophomoric antics has limitations. And for me, kind of over it at this point, despite the talent of Wendy Chu as a wrestler, so I was hoping that WWE balances out this character in terms of light and fun and getting down and dirty in the ring when need be. Next, it was Apollo Crews in the ring cutting a promo about how his children were not very proud of their father's work on TV in terms of character work and they were not buying the Nigerian Prince gimmick on SmackDown and they promptly turned off the TV. And when they saw their father on NXT being himself recently, they said, you know what? That's our dad. That's who he is. A guy that is supremely gifted charismatic can go at a high level can challenge anyone for a championship and win and therefore that's their dad that's the true blue Apollo Crews he shouts out his kids and he notes he's looking very closely at all the championship matches tonight including the North American and NXT title matches he wants to face Cameron Grimes Carmelo Hayes Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller. He wants to fight the best of the best, which leads to Giovanni Vinci coming out. And he says, how dare you leave my name off this list? I'm better than all those guys and you for that matter. But we can wait until next week to have our match because I'm simply not dressed to compete tonight. And the match will be scheduled for next week featuring Apollo Crews versus Giovanni Vinci. I swear on all that is holy and pure. If they're given 10 to 15 uninterrupted minutes, which might be asking a lot, but give me 10 
good minutes, these guys will have a hell of a match that will surpass everything that happened on the Great American Bash last night. I will guarantee you that. These two dudes are great. Let them be great. Let them put on a show because they're so goddamn good. Giovanni Vinci is a one-note model, but Fabian Eichner behind that gimmick is a goddamn fantastic wrestler. Apollo Crews, same thing. He needed this return to NXT to rediscover how great he is. Two great men in the ring delivering. That's all I want because they can both bring out the best in each other and pop that PC crowd in the best possible way. Next up is Carmelo Hayes, the A champion, defending his North American championship against Grayson Waller. And I've got to give the NXT production crew credit. Carmelo Hayes got a true star entrance, a superstar entrance, as Trick introduced him. And he came out like a member of the 1992 Dream Team, sporting the red, white, and blue. I love the entrance. He comes off like a superstar in every way. And this match, up until the main event, was the best match on the show by far. As Carmelo Hayes laid out, Grayson won with a couple of springboard clotheslines and that springboard leg drop for a good measure for a near fall. But Grayson Waller responds with that rolling lariat through the ropes that laid out Carmelo Hayes ringside as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Grayson's still in control by applying several rest holds to Hayes, but Hayes fights back and lands a La Mystica Tilt-A-Whirl on Waller for a near fall. They trace submissions for a bit with Waller going for a triangle at one point and then we get a back-and-forth strike exchange that pops the crowd as they are rooting for both guys, surprisingly enough. And then we get a slight hiccup with Grayson going for a cutter and it's not exactly executed perfectly, but he circles back and delivers that cutter on Carmelo Hayes for a very close near fall. Eventually, the action spills to the outside with Waller going for that rolling, stunning through the ropes. But Trick Williams blocks his path. Wesley jumps through the crowd to attack Trick Williams as a form of payback after Trick cheated to beat Wesley earlier in the show. And Grayson Waller is more than happy to accept the help. And he goes for that rolling, stunning through the ropes. But Carmelo Hayes blocks him with a cold breaker, followed by that top rope leg drop to retain the North American Championship. A fun match down the stretch as Wesley's beef with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes continues. Next up is the Creed Brothers versus Damon Kemp and Roderick Strong for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And I thought this match was fine. I expected a bit more and I've seen better Creed Brothers matches than this and I thought that the intensity from both brothers Damon Kemp was the man in the middle because he didn't want to cause drama between the Creed Brothers and Roderick Strong. Roddy was a prick throughout this match as Brutus Creed goes up top lands the Brutus ball on Damon Kemp on the outside as we go to commercial break we come back and Roderick Strong is going to work over Brutus with several jumping knee strikes to Brutus's face for a very close near fall eventually Julius gets in there and he dominates Roddy and Damon Kemp with a variety of suplexes. Roddy runs away, makes attack to Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp is also worked over with a number of suplexes by Julius Creed, followed by that smashing lariat for the win. And it was a nice victory for Diamond Mine. I expected a bit more. I did love the backflip for Rum. Brutus did not get much of a pop, surprisingly enough, because the big guy doing that is very impressive. I want a bit more flash from the Creed brothers. We've seen it before, dating back to In Your House, and they won the NXT Tag Team titles from Pretty Deadly last month. But the outcome of the match was never in doubt as the Creed brothers stood tall. They had Damon Kemp back on their side as a part of Diamond Mine, and Roddy Strong blew off the Kumbaya and walked away from the scene. So I don't know where his loyalties lie heading into next week's show. But I will say this. 
I think the only way to settle this score once and for all is to have Roddy Strong go up against Julius Creed. I feel like both men are having a pissing contest to see who is truly the lead dog in Diamond Mind. And I laugh at Julius saying, I got the dog in me. I got the dog in me repeatedly. I want to see how much dog you got in you. So I want to see Roddy Strong and Julius Creed go balls to the walls one on one. Give me that match. Give me 20 good minutes with one commercial break of these guys going back and forth. I sense a lot of intensity they can bring out in each other. Roddy will bring out the best in anybody, and Julius can take that next step towards being a standout star. I do see something in him, but he needs to have that breakthrough singles performance against Roderick Strong to truly get him there. And after that, he should take those tools and apply it to every match moving forward and build on it. You don't want to be carried to a good match by a seasoned vet. You want to learn something. You want to be the equal, like a bond breaker would be an equal to Ciampa and Dolph Ziggler and Cameron Grimes last night. Be the equal. Be on the same level as Roddy Strong in terms of I can carry my own weight. I'm not a season yet, but I can hold my own. I'm more than capable of being the ring general. I'm more than willing to be the anchor to keep the glue of the match together. I need that from Julius. I need that from Roddy together on 2.0 in the weeks to come. As we now focus on the main event of last night's show featuring Braun Breaker defending the NXT Championship against Cameron Grimes. And once again, the match was good and never got into that great category for whatever reason. Braun is a great seller. He had to sell that right arm injury he suffered in kayfabe last week when he ran into the turnbuckle courtesy of Cameron Grimes. And I thought Grimes was the nice shades of gray quasi heel throughout this match, willing to do anything to win the championship from Braun Breaker. Braun always has power on his side, great power slams, great catch release power slam on Grimes midway through this match. But Grimes' key to success was going after the right arm of Braun Breaker and trying to weaken it to prevent him from hitting his finisher, which he did at various points. But eventually Braun fires up with clotheslines, a spine buster, a top rope Frankensteiner for a near fall as well. Braun is charging back and forth against Grimes, or Grimes catches him with that standing Spanish fly for another close near fall, locks in an octopus at one point to slow down Breaker and go after that right arm once again. Hits the cave-in on Breaker for the closest of near falls. At this point, the fans are on their feet, kind of rolling with the match, and Grimes gets a bit too ambitious. He goes for a top rope spot, and Breaker spears dude in midair to retain the NXT Championship. A very good match, great psychology, with Grimes going after the injured right arm of Breaker, and Breaker selling that shoulder like nobody's business. 24 years old, selling the body parts, selling the collarbone, selling a bad arm. He knows how to elicit that emotion, and that is going to be a key to success on the main roster whenever he makes that jump to Raw and SmackDown in the very near future. But the show is not over as Braun Breaker is celebrating on the ramp. We get the NXT 2.0 debut of JD McDonough going after Braun Breaker. He puts him through a table and he stands tall to wrap up the show. If you don't know, JD McDonough is the former Jordan Devlin from his time on NXT UK, former Cruiserweight champion. He's been an ace on that show for a very long time, now bringing his talents to stateside once again. And he has his eyes set on the NXT Championship and that will be a damn good match whenever it takes place on 2.0 in the very near future. Also, we got a video package from Axiom who could very well be a kid repackaged, a noted mathematician with 
beautiful mind for reasons, but hey, he should be great nonetheless. And I want the world for the A kids, the Nathan Frasers, the Wesleys, the JD McDonough's, because they can add so much value to the show from a pure in-ring standpoint. Cut down on some of the greenness that seeps through from time to time still. Thankfully, more house shows have been announced for NXT 2.0 for later this summer, so they are fully back on the road every other weekend. Thank God for that. They need the reps. Bring the reps back to TV and show us what you've learned in order to connect strongly with the audience at home and the audiences across Florida as well. That would be their ticket to being a true WWE superstar on the main roster in due time. And on that note, this wraps up a fairly destrian edition of NXT 2.0. The Great American Bash is not bashing for me this year. Fell short of 2021 and 2020 expectations. I miss the full accoutrements of Americana with the cars and the flash and the pomp and circumstance and the pyro going off. I love the budget you had before the rebrand of 2.0 last year or so. It was a show. It was a good show, not a great show. I expected a bit more during the talent involved, but sometimes you got to have some of these shows that will set you up for a bigger comeback down the road, but you have to make these quarterly specials stand out. They've done so in the past, went limited commercial interruptions as well, did not get that this year, so you need to really hone in on how to make these shows stand out three or four times a year moving forward. On that note, this wraps up episode number 76 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Receptopia. There you can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such Receptopia, and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Tune Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 71 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there, and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. <laughs>